Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Voice of Veritas podcast, where we dig into the truth and information. My name is Zoe Sands and joining me today is Chris Bridgeland, Head of Global Services in EMEA. Hi, Chris. Hey, Zoe. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good. Well, thank you for joining today's podcast and agreeing to talk to us about global data privacy. So I have a few questions for you that I'm sure our audience is going to be really interested in hearing from you. So let's kick off. So the first question I've got for you is, what are the data privacy challenges facing IT leaders today? So first of all, I think what we've seen is a significant uptick in in privacy regulations globally. So for example, we've got the GDPR has kicked off here in, in EMEA or in Europe. Um, we've got Poppy down in South Africa, we've got KVKK or Kavikakar as they pronounce it in Turkey. And I think one of the biggest challenges that most organizations have is how can they understand all the different nuances because they are slightly different in the requirements that are gonna basically kick in. Um, how they can understand what the impact is should they be in breach of those and what the effect is with the regulators in each of those those jurisdictions coming after them if they've done something wrong with regards to breaching personal data, misusing personal data, um, or even not responding to when people actually ask for their data, which most of the regulations are now giving people the, the power to go and ask for. We have in this global world, we've got lots of regulations um, affecting businesses but a lot of businesses are now operating uh, globally they're completing cross-border data transfers they're sharing personal data that they've collected about their employees their customers their partners and sharing that between their business um, entities so how can businesses ensure that they comply with with local and also global data privacy regulations so I'd say there's a couple of things. First of all, um, understand what data you hold. If you understand what data you hold and where it is and who you're sharing it with, you're in a good situation to start off with. The last thing you want to be doing is get somebody to surprise you by finding data that, that you didn't know about. So you've really got to go and do that mapping exercise in the first place. Understand what data you hold on individuals. Uh, what you do with that data and if you've got a business reason to hold on to that data. Nearly all of the regulations state that if you don't have a business reason to hold on to that data, you've got to get rid of it. So that's a f step one. Step two is then obviously understanding where that data could potentially get to. And if you're a global organization, you'll have something called binding corporate rules. Binding corporate rules are between you and your other divisions about how you operate and how you work with, with each other. And then there's obviously the, depending on countries and regions you're going to, there's also adequacy, whether the regulation in that region is also adequate to support, uh, to support the, the regulation that you, the other regulations you have to deal with, like the GDPR as an example. And so what we're finding is that, number one, you've got to understand where your data is. Number two, you've got to understand what the regulations are and whether you've got to instill a, a level of, of due diligence between your different functions. And that also extends to data controllers because it's your data that you're holding but you could be handing it off to somebody to look after for you and that's typically a data processor so when you're in that sort of situation you've also got to have those those agreements between the organizations about how they deal with that data and marketing is, is a, a classic sort of situation we get into is marketing organizations working on behalf of large organizations 
there's now this 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 intent where you've got to opt in explicitly so so no longer and I, i'm sure lots of people that, that are, will be listening to this podcast will hear a lot of times you will start seeing all these different emails saying please can you opt in are you happy for us to hold on to your data and you may well have just gone in there to use their wi-fi or you may well have gone in there and joined a, a club card where you see the uh, the benefit of that but every time you go onto those sorts of sites and every time you capture that data that opt-in is one of those things that has to be explicitly asked for so people holding on to your data if they have no business purpose for it you will and i've seen lots of them myself personally loads of emails saying are you happy for us to stay in touch and if you're not happy basically you can ignore that message and they've got to assume that if you haven't responded you have not opted in they've got to remove you from their their, their distributions so it's an interesting situation to be that explicit opt-in has to be gained yeah. uh, on these sorts of things. So as a business, you've got to make sure that you're you're treading a very, very clean line with, with how you hold on to people's data and work on that. So that's quite interesting, Chris, uh, you mentioning about third-party agents looking after data for companies. So taking a strategic approach about your data management is essential so what tips or, or three takeaways can you give our listeners today on how they can build out a robust data compliance strategy for their business bearing in mind that they may have various entities managing and controlling their data for them yeah so so number one is find out where your data sources are that certainly hold personal data one of the biggest areas and we we did this a little while ago where we found most organizations about 50 percent of their data at least is what we call dark data is data you don't understand and you've got to start having a look at what tools and capabilities are out there today to help you shine a light on that dark data so if you can see what's inside the data and let's talk about dark data dark data excel files powerpoint presentations word documents the things that are just not easily and people talk about structured data structured is databases that have a form that i can go and run a, run a, a query or a, um, a, a run an index and then search against unstructured data being able to try and find comments and 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 links to you inside those unstructured files is a real challenge for, for most organizations and if i challenge anybody to say do you know what you did with that powerpoint presentation you were working on three weeks ago a lot of people will go oh, i think i got a copy and i most probably sent it to mike and bob and everybody else suddenly we're in a world where this stuff gets distributed very very quickly um, and and gets out of control very very quickly databases is a different thing because it's centralized unstructured data is is distributed just by its nature of how it's how it's number one created and sent out there so number one understand your data understand your data sources find tools how you can search inside that data to identify things that potentially will take you into an, an area of, of concern on privacy and, and introduce risk to the business and number number three understand your policies and refine your policies to to basically change the way in which you look after people's data and how you monitor that data so it's really get the data search the data and then basically make decisions and set much better policies around that data and there's a fourth point i would say which is educate your organization from the ceo down everybody's got to be on board with this it's a whole company thing it's not an it problem it's a whole company thing 
That's really interesting about you're saying about the instructor data, the tools, understanding the, the policies and educate. So there, there must be some kind of role or or somebody must be leading this in an organisation like a data protection officer or data privacy officer. Are they one of the same thing or can somebody just do both of those roles um, together in order to look after the data strategy for the business? So... I've I've met a lot of people that call themselves a DPO. That's the problem. We're we are a, a company and a, we're a part of an ecosystem that loves acronyms, and the problem is those acronyms sort of cross over. And in fact, a data protection officer or a data privacy officer, in a lot of cases, we found are one and the same person. Um, and and ultimately, it's about you know from a data protection, I'm looking at from a company perspective my intellectual property from a data privacy perspective I'm looking at what would take me into a risky situation if I'm not looking after people's personal data differently and to be honest those those two dovetail really nicely together so we're seeing a lot of customers turning around and the data protection or data privacy officer are one and the same um, and they quite often come from either a legal background or they come from a compliance and a risk background and we're seeing that sort of gravitation towards this new role inside organizations sort of starting to come from those sorts of backgrounds more so than from sort of classic business or IT. So just that point there where you just said um, people coming from a, a risk background and it's my it's my final question for you and it is about uh, risk. Is the data privacy and global data privacy an opportunity or a threat for businesses? So if you ignore it, it's going to be a threat. If you seize the opportunity, and if you think about it, if I can, if I can remove data that is of no value and no relevance to me as an organization, that's a good thing because I'm then focusing, I'm reducing my haystack of where I need to go and search for the needles. And in essence, I'm, I'm basically reducing other operational things such as buying more storage. Um, being able n needing to back up data, being able to understand where my data has gone to because I've got much better control of it. So if I do those things, actually it's a great opportunity for efficiencies, both from an operational perspective and a financial perspective. Um, but if you ignore it, you are just going to create risk for yourself because you're going to get into a situation where People will come at you, ask you for information. Your brand will be significantly damaged. And in fact, in one of our um, one of our reviews just recently, with regards to sort of like consumer review, sixty two percent, I think, was the the number. Sixty two percent of organ of people would actually stop buying from that company if they didn't look after their data effectively. So, is it an opportunity or a threat? If you can prove to people that you actually look after the data better, you can attract people, you can attract businesses, and you can drive efficiencies. I'd say it's an opportunity if you do it right. That's great. So, in summary, the big takeaway from today's podcast on global data privacy, yes, it's an opportunity. You can reduce operational uh, costs um, and gain financial efficiencies as well. Thank you, Chris, for taking the time to speak with me today. It's much appreciated. Thank you. As always, thanks, Zoe.